Hello and welcome to another edition of Flashpoint. I'm your host, Ryan Mills. Last week, President Trump said he would impose a 25% tariff on steel imports and 10% tariff on aluminum. This news caused a stir among an array of industries which rely on these materials, including fuel and petrochemical manufacturers. Here to discuss the tariffs and their potential impact on our industries is AFPM Director of Transportation and Infrastructure, Rob Benedict. Rob, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Rob, how do we get here? So, I mean, it's not necessarily coming as a surprise with the uh, America's First agenda that we've seen from President Trump all along since he's entered the scene. Uh, I guess the seedlings of this go back to the campaign trail. Um, Trump made no bones about uh, renegotiating trade deals such as the Trans-Pacific Partnership or, or NAFTA. And as part of his contract with the American voter, he vowed to impose tariffs to do uh, th- exactly what he's doing now to avoid uh, uh, struggling industries in the U.S. and kind of boost up those. Uh, but the first kind of real movement on it happened the day after he was inaugurated in January, where he issued an MOU to the uh, Secretary of Commerce, Wilbur Ross, uh, advising him to create a plan to look at uh, domestic steel production, particularly in pipelines. Um, fast forward to kind of uh, in April of 2017, is when we f- saw the first real movements um, on the steel issue. Um, and what, what President Trump did at that time, he used a very little used section of trade code, Section 232, which you'll hear a lot about, uh, which advises the, the Secretary of Commerce to initiate a study based on national security uh, and related to steel imports. So in April, uh, we saw the president uh, do that. Uh, interesting kind of side note, that Section 32 has only been used successfully in the last 60 years five times. So it's it that's an interesting caveat, but something to kind of watch when you're when you're dealing with this because it's it's linking it to national security specifically. So um, the report uh, announcement came out in April. We we expected to kind of hear something towards the end of uh, of the summer, but we we didn't hear anything, and uh, the kind of talk about this issue died down until um, February of this year when we saw the Commerce Department release their report. Um, the report kind of had three recommendations in it, and it did cite that um, steel imports were affecting national security. Um, and then, almost two weeks after that, at this at a meeting that we kind of unexpectedly didn't think was going to be related to to the steel issue, in March, President Trump announced that he was going to impose a twenty five percent tariff on all steel imports. So you mentioned Section two thirty two and how it rarely works out, uh, but historically, how have these types of tariffs worked out? So um, historically, you can go back to kind of two prime examples you hear a lot of. Um, if you go all the way back to Hoover, Hoover in the 1930s, um, you'll hear the, the Smoot-Hawley Act talk about a lot. So basically in 1930, you know, obviously we were at the beginnings of the Great Depression, um, and with the intent of protecting American jobs, Congress passed the Smoot-Hawley Act, which is in- initially intended to uh, help farmers out. But to get the votes to pass it, uh, a lot of, of uh, deals were made, and part of those deals were uh, different lawmakers asking for tariffs on goods. Um, so that law was passed, and in result of that, you had uh, in the next two years a 40% reduction in U.S. imports, but you also had the Great Depression. And while I'm, I'm not saying the Great Depression was caused by Smoot-Haley, uh, it was, and, and a lot of economists do indicate it as a kind of a, a fuel on the fire of the Great Depression. So that's kind of a, a real extreme example. 
A kind of more recent example that's probably more appropriate in this case was back in 2002, George, uh, George Bush uh, implemented a, a same, same type of study, the, but this time through the International Trade Commission, and this time using a different section of trade law that looked at more of the economics of it as opposed to the national security uh, aspects of it. And after that study was completed, Bush also imposed a tariff on steel, but um, his had a little bit more specifics to it, and we're still waiting on specifics for Trump's plan. But uh, the George Bush tariffs were three years and one day. Why the extra day? I, I have no idea. Um, and it was targeted to 10 different types of steel. And there was a range of tariffs from 8 to 30 percent. Um, and it also exempted Canada and Mexico because at that time they were you know, our NAFTA partners. So that one is a little bit more relevant example. And pretty much you're seeing a lot of similar reactions now that, that happened then, specifically other nations either claiming they were going to or actually eventually imposing retaliatory trade tariffs, um, particularly had the EU. Um, and in that time, the EU had some pretty interesting tariffs. They taxed orange juice to kind of get at George Bush's brother, who was governor at that time in Florida. Um, and what happened is they brought it to the World Trade Organization um, and kind of challenged the tariffs. And they actually got a favorable ruling from the World Trade Organization. And little less than a year after the Bush tariffs were imposed, they were repealed. Um, so if you look at those uh, tariffs in 2002, they're, they're kind of the best example. And, and there's been some studies done on them that showed that, you know, the net losses of, a, of employment was something like 200,000 employees. Um, while it did gain employment in the steel industry, it was uh, downstream in steel using industries, we lost more jobs. And, and it, some studies even equate that to about $4 billion in lost wages in just that year. How could this impact infrastructure development? More specifically, how could this impact our industries? So, um, you know, petrochemicals uh, and, and refiners are very reliant on, on infrastructure, energy infrastructure, particularly pipelines and railroads. And those are, those are made out of steel, so this obviously is going to impact them. Um, you know, we have to get the raw feedstocks and crude oil from the production facilities to our, our, our petrochemical manufacturers and, and refineries, and then the second stage of that is getting those products to the American people. So infrastructure is a, a key role in that. So I, I think you're going to see this, if, if this goes through, it, it could affect our industry uh, in a variety of ways. And the three biggest kind of concerns for me are the impacts on the supply chain, moving those materials along that supply chain, um, the economic impacts, particularly in jobs and, and, and not just steel jobs, but steel uh, kind of inferred jobs downstream. And then trade retaliation, that's the trickiest one. Um, as far as pipelines, we are uh, an industry that's incredibly reliant on that. With uh, the shale boom, we've seen an increase in about 30% uh, mileage of both oil and natural gas pipelines in the last uh, five years or so. Um, and that's barely keeping pace with, with increased production. So you can imagine putting a, a tariff on top of that, that that's, uh, brings up some major concerns. Um, the U.S. pipeline industry relies heavily on imported goods, about 70% or, or, or more than that. Um, and that's not just because they are trying to you know, buy cheap foreign steel. Um, it's actually very counter to that. Um, pipeline steel is very high grade and, and very regulated. And the U.S. steel industry has moved away from, from developing that type of steel as opposed to, to lower level steels or, or, or less rigorous steels because of the profit margins that the steel makers make. So, 
if you eliminate the option for our pipeline projects to, to use foreign steel, it's not like there's a viable alternative domestically to fill that gap. Um, so if that happens, you have an increase in the price of pipelines. Some studies have said potentially up to 25%, which you're talking for like a Keystone XL, that's an extra $300 million that could lead, that could lead to project delays or cancellations. And, and if you have those project delays or cancellations, that kind of leads into the next concern of mine, which is jobs. Um, as we saw in 2002, steel using industries are, are heavily impacted. Um, the, the steel makers employ about 140,000 people. Um, steel using jobs, and particularly jobs in the natural gas and oil industry, are over 10 million. So I, obviously we're, we're concerned of a repeat of 2012 there. And I think the, the wild card of all this is the, uh, the, the trade retaliation. You know, the U.S. trade deficit right now puts the U.S. At a, at a very kind of precarious position of potential attacks back to us. And while uh, the trade deficit's pretty large, the energy industry has kind of filled that gap and made, and made sure that that isn't even larger than it could be. So um, because of that, uh, petrochemical products and crude exports, which have increased uh, rapidly because of the lifting of the ban and also just shale production, are kind of particularly at risk for retaliatory tariffs, uh, which would be a, a really bad thing. Um, the other thing is, I mean, we've already, we saw in 2002 retaliatory tariffs by the EU and the EU um, has already kind of talked about tariffs on, targeted tariffs on specific areas of the country that, you know, related to, to the political kind of playing field. Um, so, you know, I think the devil's in the details of how this pans out, but I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch and, and an important thing to watch for our industry. So you mentioned something to watch. What happens next? Uh, well, if you, if you see the news, I mean, it's changing faster than you can keep up, keep up with it. There was supposed to be a, a meeting tomorrow with Gary Cohen and a variety of industries, including members of our industry. Uh, but as, as you may or may not have heard, Gary Cohen is resigning, and I don't know if that meeting's happening tomorrow. Um, the other thing to watch is kind of the NAFTA link. President Trump has tweeted that, you know, if they resolve and renegotiate NAFTA, this could go away. Um, so, you know, that's something to watch as well. Um, as far as if I was pulling out crystal ball, I, I, I'd probably be wrong. But a one date to watch is, is this Saturday. Uh, Trump's scheduled to speak at a rally in Allegheny County in, in Philadelphia for a special or in, in, in Pennsylvania for a special election. And that would be a, a real good time to kind of uh, rile up the base by announcing that type yeah. of thing. But who knows? Yeah. Well, Rob, thanks for joining us and getting us smart on the tariff issue. Thanks.